That being said, having said that, all of that being said, but that being said, that being said, that being said, but all of that being said, that being said, but that being said, that being said, and that being said, that being said. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back. It's so nice to have you back. Thank you for being a repeat listener. Don't be doing that drive-by stuff, child. You people will just stop on by, click a like, and keep it moving. No, I need you to listen from start to finish. If you got to get up and go do something, put it on pause and come back later. But just, you know, hear me out, hear my thoughts, hear my heart. Because I tell you, I really look forward to doing this now because I've realized this is my release. This allows me to say all the things that I want to say. Sometimes I just don't have the time or the mental capacity to say it. It just allows me to just it all out. Before we get started, um, in case you hear a little bit of background noise, it's because I'm sitting outside. I enjoy being outside and we've had some pretty nice days over the past couple weeks or what have you. So I've been taking advantage of this beautiful fall weather. So if you hear some cars booming by or some kids playing in the streets, child, just focus on my voice, okay? Okay. So I want to talk about this because this is so prevalent in my life. And when I think about and survey my friend circle and those who have siblings, it's sort of a running theme. And that is there's always one. There is literally always one. There's one sibling in every group that is sort of the one that the family has to corral and we got to give a little more special attention and love to this one. And let me just say this, the spectrum of need can vary, right? It can be somebody who needs a little bit more love and attention to somebody who needs a lot of love and attention, but there's just always one in comparison to the other siblings that need a little bit more. It could be something as big as having a brother or sister who's in and out of jail, in and out of the streets. And and mom is always saying, did did y'all write Billy this weekend? Make sure y'all write Billy so he know we out here thinking about him. I'm going up to see Billy. Y'all coming with me this Saturday? Like everybody's got to stop, drop and roll for Billy or Angie or whoever the sibling is that needs the whole family to support them in their mess. It could be something as extreme as that, or it could be something something as extreme as, you know, you've got a sibling. It's just sort of different. You know, they're just different, different than the other siblings in the group. But I don't care what sibling group you come from. There's at least one. If you're lucky, if you're not so lucky and it's more than one of y'all, you might have two or three special need siblings. And I mean special needs and not from a disability standpoint, but I'm saying from a love up on them a little bit more, y'all show them some love, you know, that needs that extra coddling. So of course that dynamic exists in my life too. There is one of my siblings that need a little more of everything from everybody. Let me just give you a little background. So I'm the middle child of three. I've got other siblings too, but I'm talking about the ones that I grew up with in my household all by my mother. Two girls and a boy, my brother's the oldest. And so the dynamic growing up was that my brother and I are close in age. We're just maybe a year and a half or so apart. My younger sister, she's six years younger than me. 
And so my brother and I have always really been close, right? Because we grew up together. We were in the same grade, graduated. Like, so it was just by circumstances that we just ended up really close. My younger sister, because she's younger, she wasn't a part of our mischief. Well, if you include tattletelling, she definitely did that. But she grew up sort of by herself because my brother and I were already off kind of doing our own thing. Needless to say, um, fast forward over the years, uh, she's just always, she's just always really been different than my brother and I, and not different in a bad way, just different. My brother and I, we love music. We've been in entertainment. Uh, we are sort of extroverts, if you will. And my sister is just the opposite. In fact, some people don't even know we have a little sister because she doesn't do much. She doesn't go out, she doesn't do much. And so um, she's a wonderful girl, beautiful girl. She's just introverted and she doesn't do a lot of socialization. You know how every sibling has a role, right? Even though my brother's the oldest, people tend to think I'm the oldest. And that's probably because I'm bossy, right? So people think I'm the oldest, and my brother's very popular. And so I, I often get referred to as Yanti's sister. Being the one who is always considered the oldest because I'm bossy, <laughs> that comes with a lot of responsibility. Like for instance, my mom has set me as a beneficiary, the beneficiary of her estate. And then I'll delegate and allocate for my brother to my brothers and sisters only because I'm the favorite child. It's like, no, my mom loves us all equally. At least that's what she says, trying to be politically correct. But anyway, with that being said, uh, a lot of responsibility comes with being the sort of the strength of the sibling group. And so there had, there had come a time in my mom's life where she was going through a few years. There was, it was a challenging few years. And during that time, my sister, who's always battling with something, right? So... During this time of my mom's own personal hardships, I sort of wanted to shelter her from my sister so that she wouldn't take on any additional stress, right? I became what my mom was to my sister. And so that meant I had to pick up the phone when she called. I had to talk her through her issues, encourage her through her issues, maybe send her some money, whatever was needed I had to fulfill because my sole purpose at that time was to not cause my mom any additional stress. As the years have gone on, my sister has two beautiful kids whom I love, my niece and my nephew. As the years have gone on, I've sort of just always been that pillar for my sister. And a lot of what I have taken on has been because I wanted to make sure that my niece and nephew were always good. Like I wanted not for whatever my sister was going through to affect my niece and nephew. So however I could assist in that moment so that they could continue to kind of live life as kids and just grow up and not have to take on the burdens of your mama's problems or issues, auntie sort of tried to be there the best that I could. But in doing that, when I tell you, it takes so much out of you. There would be times sometimes, and I love my sister, Lord knows I'm, I'm speaking all this from love with love. There would be times, Lord, I would look at the phone and I'd see my sister's name and I'd just have to take a deep breath. Literally have to take a deep breath because I knew it would never be a good news story. 
right? Like it would never be a story where she calls, she'd be like, ooh, sis, guess what? So uh, I did this today and this happened and it'd be something good. It's always like, oh my God, sis, can you believe that these people wouldn't give me back my money for this and I tried to do this and they, I told them I would do it by, and it just was like, hmm, okay, slow down. Let's talk about it. What happened? Oh, okay. Well, did you try this? Did you try that? Okay, so here's the first thing you should do. So now I'm in problem solving mode, trying to talk her off the ledge and help her to solve whatever the day's problem was, right? That's just been a running theme in my relationship with my sister. I've been married for nine years. So when I got married and as I started to grow in my marriage with my, my husband, you know, he would say, hey babe, listen, do what you can, but I don't like that it's stressing you out like this. I don't like that you let it stress you out like this because early on I would literally take on my sister's issues at, as if they were my own. And you know, when that happens, you know, it starts to eat at you on the inside and you can't really function and do the things you need to do for yourself because you're so overconsumed and worrying about fixing somebody else's life. So I started to get a handle on exactly how I would offer myself to my sister. Even though I wanted to do whatever necessary for my niece and nephew, I still had to be like, nope, put your mask on first. And so I learned to manage it differently. Cause mind you, she's also this kind of person. You'll be there for, and then she'll turn around and cuss you out. And then she'll turn around and need you to be there for her again. But then she'll turn around and cuss you out again. You know, so it's like a, a cyclical process that goes on and on and on and on. When I started to manage her better, I used to get all upset when she cussed me out. So it would be us cussing each other out, right? And then I said, why are you worried about what she says? Like, let her call your names. Let her say what she gonna say. Water off a duck's back. That crap don't phase me. It don't change my bank account. It don't. So I stopped letting it bother me, honey. And, I, and she would send these long text message child. I just let her send them. I just wouldn't answer. I just go about my business. She'll figure it out, get it together, and she'll be back. And just like I said, she always came back. Now that I am in my mid-40s, and this has literally been the theme of our relationship since she's been an adult. I was like, I can't do this no more. I don't wanna do this no more. Like I'm not gonna do this no more. I, it ain't even that I can't, I won't, I'm not gonna do this no more. Now being in my mid forties, I just look at life totally different, right? I, I literally have to analyze the things and the people that are in my life. And if I'm noticing that nothing's changing in certain areas, I've got to make changes. And one of the things that I've noticed in dealing with my sister is that she doesn't like to accept responsibility. She makes a lot of excuses and points fingers to other people, other things, rather than accept responsibility for where her life is. And no matter what I do to try and help her, if she's not making better decisions for her life, my help is for naught. Now it's gotten to the point where I'm like, I need to cut the umbilical cord. I need not be the catch mitten when things fall. I need not be the springboard when she needs a little help and assistance. I need to fall back and let her figure this shit out.
nothing's gonna change until one changes their mind. And that is something that she and I always talked about. Like whenever she would really listen and I'd have her, her attention and a captive ear, I would try to pour into her what it means to reset your mind because she is always one to find the worst in every situation like she is if if there was a if there was a poster child for glass half full my sister's face would be there i don't live life on those terms i don't live in the mentality of scarcity i think abundantly every single day i think positively as often as i humanly can Am I human? Do I have negative thoughts sometimes? Am I fearful sometimes? Absolutely. But when I'm fearful, I am also the most faithful. So I allow myself to fear because that's just a human emotion to be afraid to do things or afraid to change things. But because I am more faithful than I am fearful, my faith will override my fear. My sister's not like that. And I realized she's just not wired in that way. What is it gonna take to break through? What is it gonna take to change it and make her see it the way? I don't know. And guess what? It ain't my job to figure it out. To me, everybody has to take responsibility for your life. You can't keep blaming your past. You can't keep blaming your family, your parents, your this. Your, you can't blame anybody. At a certain point, you gotta take responsibility. With that said, <laughs> uh, I just made a hard decision that, you know, I'm going to say it in relationship with my niece and nephew, whom I absolutely love them. I love them two kids like they're my own, but in their adults, so I don't have to go through my sister to talk to. But I'm just going to I'm going to let her I'm going to let her sit with herself. I'm not going to continue to be in this hamster's wheel with her going around and around in, in a circle and not making any forward progression. The, and I tell her this, I've told her this before, and we might've been joking when I said it, but I really meant it, right? If you were not my sister, you would not be my friend because I would not take on so much emotional burden from a friend. Because I believe relationships are two-way streets. Relationships have to be reciprocal. You got to be bringing as much to me and pouring into me as I'm pouring into you. And uh, I just feel like she's taken so much more than she's given that I'm just like, mm -mm. me no can do no more. <laughs> I said English is my first language, okay? But no, I can't. I can't do that anymore. And, and, you know, she's she's said in the past that she's the black sheep of the family. Uh, you know, she she often accuses my mother of not giving or doing as much for her as she did my brother and I. I mean, you know, it's always the woe is me story. And I think that is just an excuse for one to stay a victim, to be a victim, as opposed to saying, how can I do things differently? Yeah, I was brought up like this. Yeah, you know, every parent makes mistakes, right? I'm a parent. I don't proclaim to be perfect in everything that I did to raise my daughter. I know I did my very best. And I know my daughter is has made me super proud. No matter the, the mistakes I've made, she's doing what she needs to do to get by in this life, not just get by, but to thrive, right? You know, even though I may have made some mistakes. So I don't believe that you have to, um, you have to exist as a product of your upbringing when you have the mind and the capabilities to 
change the narrative, to change the trajectory. As long as you change your mind and say, I don't want that. I want something different for my life. And the thing about it is that your kids are only going to be exposed to what they see. And if all they see is you being hard on yourself, being critical of yourself or doubting yourself, what do you think they're gonna do? Exactly what they see you do. What makes you think your words are gonna overpower your actions? Just don't have it like that, period. That's kind of what led me to wanting to have this conversation because when I think about my life and those of my friends who are also in a group of siblings, everybody has one, you know, everybody has one. Thankfully, none of my siblings have given us the stress of addiction or in and out of jail or any of those things. Because like I said, in the beginning of this podcast, the scale of love, care, and attention for the needy sibling will range, right? And luckily mine hasn't ranged over there onto the darker, darker side of life, but it still is a lot for our family. It still is a lot. But at the end of the day, I love my sister. I do, I love her. I don't like her, but I do love her. And um, I will always keep her in my prayers. In fact, I told her, in fact, I not just told her, I showed her, I had found, I do a lot of journaling. And over the years, I keep all my journals and sometimes I'll stumble across them looking for something else. And I had stumbled across this journal, I think it was back in 2015, as I was flipping through the pages of the journal. Literally that year, I must have started off every one of my daily journal entries praying for or affirming something for my sister, something for my sister. That's how much I loved her. Because when I couldn't help her or I felt my help wasn't moving the needle, I prayed for her and I still pray for her because I love her and I want to see her live the life she so deserves, but I can't live that life for her. I can't do it for her. I don't know how to help her. What I have done hasn't necessarily helped her, but now it's starting to hurt me. So I have to make the decision for my own self-preservation to pull back. I have a supportive husband, a husband who has supported me in supporting my family I'm so grateful to him. He's allowed me to continue to help my family when and where I can. Because anything that I do for my family, I, I don't do alone. I'm married. So what's mine is his and his is mine. So I could not do what I've done without the support of my husband. And I'm grateful because not everybody can say that their spouse would be as supportive to them in supporting their family the way I have, I've been able to do. I know that where you're weak, God becomes stronger and um, he knows the plight. 
He knows all that I'm going through. He knows my heart. He's got inventory of my intentions. And, um, but this is where I have to let go and let him carry it the rest of the way. Whatever's to happen, God has to totally be in control of what happens next. I can't um, keep sacrificing my own peace of mind and certainly not allowing anything or anyone to divide me and my husband or me and my household. So when it comes to that point, you gotta immediately cocoon yourself and um, go into preservation mode. And so that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. With that said, <laughs> there is always one. Thanks for listening to my heart, y'all. See you next time.